guys, welcome to episode 64 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at FanBolt.com. I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney of LastOneToLeadTheTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And we have two special guests on our show tonight. I will, I will let them introduce themselves. Hi guys, I'm Jennifer Steele. I am the senior writer at FanBolt.com. Robert Prentice, Managing Editor at 3F by Space. And um, we're all really exhausted right now, so bear with us through this podcast. We're all together in the same place. We're in the same room, um, recording on one recorder. Um, the same recorder I'm doing the majority of my press interviews on this weekend, so <laughs> my poor little recorder. Um, <laughs> Getting a lot of use. It is, it is. Um, but we are officially done with day one of Comic-Con, and... Is it really um, only day one? No, I think now. it's Saturday. Come on, Emma, don't lie to me. It's Saturday. <laughs> it's really only day one. It feels like we've been here for a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we uh, we flew in. Well, Jen and Robert and I flew in on Tuesday to be able to eat all of our favorite things before the convention started, um, which we succeeded in doing. And then um, Mike and Matt joined us yesterday, um, so they've they've been here for a full twenty four hours now. And yeah. It seems like 72. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I want to start with kind of um, letting you guys talk a little bit about your first time experience here at the convention, because I feel like everyone's first time to Comic-Con is extremely overwhelming. And um, so, yeah, you guys want to talk a little bit about that? Well, what? I had an experience this morning. Of, I didn't know when the doors opened to the big convention center. Um, I was assuming 9 o'clock. I don't know why. I think because things start at 10, so it seemed like you'd let people in at 9 so they could figure out where to go and get there in time. But no, they didn't open until 9.30. In fact, they actually didn't open until 9.40. There was no organization. Nobody was telling us anything. No police at all, also, which scared the crap out of me because we had a situation where they only opened one door at each section, and you had all these people funneling in from all different areas trying to make it in. And the thing about Comic-Con is, is that once you walk in the door, you have to then use your little uh, your uh, bag yeah. <laughs> to actually <laughs> sign in. And you have to, they have to be electronically signed in and you actually have to successfully do it in order to get in the door, which slows things down a great deal. And I was just flabbergasted with the fact that this is so disorganized and seems like it's just, I don't know. I I want to say, Dragon Con, I forgive you for some of the sins because you seem to be far more organized than this thing because at least you have people that are speaking to you and telling you where to go. Um, and then I had to go to an area that I had to walk through, I don't know how many things <laughs> this morning to get to this hall. Um, once I got there, I had a great time. I saw four panels and it was fun. Um, but man... It was not a not a fun time getting to that hall. I feel like um, I say the exact opposite about Comic Con in comparison to, to like yeah, Dragon Con. I, I do it's too. Like, um, it's funny because this is my ninth Comic Con and and Jen's eighth, and I think it's way more organized now than when we first started coming. Because when you Definitely. first started coming, you just flashed your badge and went in, and it was so easy. Like if you were going to just like counterfeit a badge, 
people did that and oh, yeah. like would get in like that and you could switch badges i guess you could still in theory switch well, badges, switch badges but, yeah but you couldn't come um, yeah, no nearly as easily no one's iding anybody yeah, yeah. that's that's next year that's next year, yeah. I mean, it does slow slow you down, but it is nice to know that like people can't just make their own badge. Yeah. Which yeah. The, when we started coming, it, it was like something. You well, could that do. was the whole problem you were talking about to me earlier. Like when we first got our badges, like don't post it on social media, oh, yeah, because then people get the well, how exactly it looks and exactly. easy to counterfeit. Yeah, which was a so. huge thing before the RFD technology yeah. in them, because um, it was super easy to. Well, they, counterfeit. They tell but. you about that. They tell you that about like any major event, like yeah. races now, like yeah. uh, running. I actually don't I saw a, a video the yeah. other the other day about a guy who snuck into the Floyd Mayweather, um, Conor McGregor, London event thing by just he saw somebody post on social media mm-hmm. on Instagram the whatever the the promoter badge looked like, and he yeah. just basically printed out one himself, and he ended up walking with Conor McGregor down and. He was just That's a random funny. YouTuber. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, he just got in and just, you know, act like you belong, and and, and it, it works. It works, but... But, uh... Well, no, I've had a good first day. You have well, that's good. Mine hasn't <laughs> been quite the experiences. Well, not just getting in. Once I got in, I had <laughs> I had four great panels in a row that were uh, just a, a lot of fun. I mean, I... Uh, the ladies of the WWE were there. Um, Mattel's doing some toys um, lineup with them. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, saw a wonderful presentation. The 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 uh, Brian Selznick who wrote Wonderstruck um, has written a screenplay for the film, and he went through the whole process with us, and that was just fascinating. Um, there was a seminar about Jack Kirby, and. Um, and uh, so yeah, the, the whole the, all those panels were just a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. And uh, what about you, Matt? What were your highlights today? My highlights would be the the Leica experience that I did for Leica Studios, who are you know they're the stop motion animation basically they're the leaders of it. Um, they did Coraline, Paranorman. Their most recent one was uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. And, you know, they've been nominated for Oscars for Best Animation, and they are just keep on getting better and better. And so they have a little pop, pop-up shop that they set up here where they brought in a bunch of the sets and the, the characters. And so you can go in and just see them up close. And just the amount of detail they have in them is just amazing. And it's like pictures don't do it justice. This is something you got to see in person. And, um, I got to interview the uh, the CFO of the company, and so that was really cool. And got to talk to him and how like they're expanding their studio and they're going to be setting up. Actually, they're basically going to go on tour with uh, you know a bigger version of what they have here at Comic Con, and so you're going to be able to see a lot more of that in the future. So cool, that's awesome. Um, and we did some cool things yesterday with the tick. The tick was a lot of fun. Huh? Yeah. The tech. The tech was an interesting by Amazon Prime. In case you're wondering, it's by Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, Scale of one to five. (laughs) How Amazon Prime (laughs) is it? I don't know. If only they'd had some, I don't know, some branding branding or something something on it. Or maybe even like a survey. That's um, a missed opportunity. We're making fun of it because we had to, in order to complete a lot of the tasks they gave us, we had to take surveys, and it seemed like every one of them asked us. No, it was every one of them. It didn't seem like it. It was every one of them. Asked us if if we knew about Amazon Prime, 
did we subscribe to Amazon Prime? How, how happy were we with Amazon Prime? And it just went on and on and on. And yet and by here the way, we are talking about Amazon is. Prime. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was it was just a little uh, it was a little overkill on the branding for just that one. I mean, it was a fun experience. It was a fun experience. The um, branding itself, little little, little much, little much. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did something really cool this morning. Jen and I did the Netflix press breakfast, which allowed us to um, look at the. What just? Shut <laughs> up. It's been a long day. The, the breakfast. That's the bre- So there's like a handful of words. We can that look I just, at each other now. It's I weird. just like. It's not just voices. It's also breakfast. like how I say weekend. Breakfast. It sounds more fun than a normal weekend. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyways, we did we did this with Netflix this morning, and we got to um, go through the installations that they had for Stranger Things and for Bright. Um, which is a movie that's coming to Netflix a little bit later this year. Um, but the Stranger Things part was especially cool because they had a really cool VR. They had a lot of props from set. They had the four bikes that the boys ride in, in the series um, from season one that we were able to take photos on. And there was a shrine to Barb, which was <laughs> super emotional. Um, My heart. And then there was kind of a, a staging of um, Joyce's living room where you actually hit the wall kind of like there's like the, a the Demogorgon, Demogorgon in was, it yeah. and it's like pushing its arms we're coming really out cool. it was That's super super awesome. cool yeah. and we got to take a picture in front of the infamous kind of ABC wall um, and then the VR thing was really cool too um, it was actually we got to kind of walk around it's with terrifying. this <laughs> it was it was um, I, I hadn't suspenseful. it was very suspenseful um, it was super cool and then they had um in the bride experience, they had a couple of photo ops, and uh, you can get like an airbrush tattoo, and then some set stuff, and then another kind of um, enhanced reality, enhanced reality thing. Yeah. yeah. So that was really cool. And then after that, we I'm trying to remember what we did today. <laughs> um, we went to Wired. We went to the Wired Cafe. Went that to was Wired cool. Cafe. Um, hung out there that for. Well, some of us got t-shirts. I got t-shirts. Jen got, got a t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> you know what we need to talk about? Game of Thrones experience. Oh my god, I totally oh. forgot. We did that yes. last night. We okay, did that last let's night. back that up was a, amazing. a second. Rewind. You gotta check out our social media channels to get what we're talking about here. There was there are, an epic there are videos video. And Except pictures. for me, I was hanging out at a bar, so. <laughs> <laughs> there was that. Um... It was really cool. Um, HBO does an installation every year for Game of Thrones here and brings some of the set pieces in. And um, this year it was actually more about really cool photo ops and... Um, Getting to be actors. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I suck at. King of the North. But yeah. the, these two are really good at it. Um, <laughs> but we have some pretty cool videos that were posted and some cool photo mm-hmm. opportunities that we did inside. And even cooler ones that Emma didn't post. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think that they're even cooler. Um, swords are heavy, you guys. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. Is swords are heavy. That is a fact from Emma Logan. <laughs> swords are heavy. It's a fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun, fun fact number one. Um, meanwhile, Matt over here, like wielding two of two them of and looking mm-hmm. like a badass doing so. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was, was the first. I was, I was surprised. They told me I was the first person to actually... You were the first dual wheel? Yeah. Wow, okay. I was thinking about doing that, and then I was holding the one, and I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Also, fun fact, don't hold a sword like it's a bat. <laughs> so, uh, there were there there things that were learned last night. Might lose a leg. Yeah, there, yeah. there are more badass ways to hold a sword. Yeah, I mean, more you know, badass ways. There's a lot more yeah. badass ways to do that photo op in the way that oh. I did it. But, um, I wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, Robert, what's what's been your highlight so far? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's been, what, this is technically day two for us because of preview night, and now it's Thursday. So the uh, there's been a lot of VR this year versus last year. You know, it started to creep up slowly in the last few years, but this year it's like every experience is VR or AR in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the escape room idea for The Expanse was really a lot of fun because it... it it takes that, you know, augmented reality environment, it takes the interaction, it takes the teamwork thing and kind of getting you into the show um, and giving you just a fun interactive experiment to, you know, to escape from the room or you mm-hmm. will die of oxygen as the <laughs> overhead <laughs> thing is alarming you every five seconds. Yeah. Um, the group that Tom and I were in, uh, we... we thought we were dead in the water before we even got in but um we were actually the second group of the day to actually make it out alive so (laughs) um, that was a lot of fun um we also went to um the convention floor tried the alien uh, vr experience that one was a lot yeah. more passive. It was just designed to kind of scare scare the crap out of you. Uh, and, Matt and I and did it. And sell the Blu-ray. And sell the Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. Pre-order and we'll give you free stuff. Yeah. Gift you get purchase. like a little lithograph, yeah. I think, if mm-hmm. you pre-order. I mean, you got a collectible pin set, so if you're really into the, the franchise, you know, the collectible mm-hmm. pin set is definitely worth it. But um, I think compared to the other VR experiences that are available, they missed the mark. Um, I mean, you guys did Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade, Blade Runner. Runner um, Blade Runner was cool for a lot of reasons, and as soon as we got out of that, I told Jen, I was like, as soon as like gaming hits that level for yeah. like the the average consumer to be able to sit in a chair and actually feel like you're flying through um, this place, and it, mm-hmm. the chair moves and vibrates, and it really does feel immersive. And then so we did this with the headset and the VR. And then once um, that part of the experience uh, finished, like the wall opens up and then you're actually like, they've created a little set there that you can walk around and there's actors and they're interacting with you. Um, and there's lots of photo ops and it. Again, it's just super immersive. So everything this year, I feel like, is just VR immersive. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, funny you mentioned that gaming part because the now in the uh, hotel across from the convention center, the Omni has um, the AR VR tech pavilion. And um, Tom and I went and uh, actually tried out some new cinematic VR where you're you're not just watching the movie, you're in the movie mm-hmm. um, as the perspective of one of the main characters. And you can turn around 360 degrees and see the entire environment of the movie and interact with all the things that are in there. Um, so gaming is not far from it. Um, one of the companies, Raw Data, actually um, has it where you get dropped into a first-person shooter, and it uses the vibe so you can walk around in the room like you're walking around in the environment mm-hmm. um, and actually have, like, a vest that you put on. It's it's kind of like you're talking about with the chair where the haptic noise, like if someone shoots at you here, you get a vibration in the chest that makes you feel it, you know, hmm. when you're That's in the cool. environment. So they're getting very close yeah. to that. It's it's really cool stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, I, That's I really have cool. a PlayStation VR. So, like, I've... I've, I've got the Oculus. Stuff. Yeah, and... Mm-hmm. Like, one of the coolest experiences I've done was uh, Resident Evil 7 
for VR, and that's just amazing. Like, if you want to, that's the game you use to sell people on VR because right now I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah, yeah. I play on the on the Oculus. There's a game. Um, it's the uh, in the Eve universe, Eve Valkyrie, and it's you know it's space space yeah. battles. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get vertigo easily, uh, you might want to step back from that. <laughs> but Same it's otherwise a, a lot of fun. Um, but I think that's probably so far been the, the big kind of highlight from the convention is VR is big and it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. And I'd like to mention that I, I did uh, experience a VR event. It was uh, uh, last night at the Whiskey House. Um, where I was waiting for everybody else to show up, and that was my virtual reality. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was really real. Um, I could almost taste the the bourbon. Um, so it was a, it was a good experience. I mean, reality, to be, reality. To be fair, they were fighting off the White Walkers at the wall. So yeah, yeah I'm just saying. Who survived the longest? That was me. Yeah. That was you. Somebody, Set the record for the Somebody night. hadn't survived the longest. We might have gotten gift, gift bags. bags. <laughs> oh, you were still free. Wow. I was too. Uh-huh. Oh, it was funny. They, they ran out of gift bags right in front of us, so we've all been kind of like poking bitter. fun yeah. at each other. And so, a little bitter so about if you're it, listening so. to this HBO, <laughs> once again, you, you, you have our contact one. information. We would really love a gift bag. Yeah. Um, just bad timing on that. Yeah. Um, but I did actually have a press room today um, for. Ghosted, which is a new show on Fox starring Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation and Craig Robinson. And some people in this room like it. Most, Woo. I, yeah, I think me and Matt, me and Matt might be the only Martin's ones one. that liked yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Jen, Jen and Mike aren't fans, but um, that pilot was not for review, so we won't review it. No, but um, we did talk about it, didn't we? We a did, little bit and we talked about it a little bit on our pilot night um, podcast. We'll what? we'll talk about it a, a little bit more. <laughs> Um, and a little bit closer to the fall but that was super cool those two guys um, have great chemistry together and that's a really great interview so hopefully we'll have that on an upcoming episode of The Atlas we're going to have so many interviews after this yeah. weekend that it's going to be fun picking and choosing what we have coming up so if there's anything you especially want to hear let us know on Twitter and we'll prioritize interviews accordingly um, and then you guys you, you, yeah. everyone else here had press interviews today too. You yeah. had Stitcher. I had Stitchers and, and Shadow Hunters. Um, that was a great cast. We got everyone except uh, the lead female on Shadow Hunters. Um, Stitchers right now is one of my favorite shows. It's a sci-fi where not, you don't expect everything to go wrong, but there's still some drama, and there's a great cast chemistry. Everyone in there was super sweet. So great experience today. And what about you, Robert? You uh, I had right? Battlestar Galactica reunion press room today. Um, we uh, got to speak with a few of them. Um, they had a long day, and the panel started beforehand, so we didn't get them all. But we also covered uh, Colony today, uh, 12 Monkeys, and Dark Matter. Um, so we had quite a uh, plethora of uh, sci-fi mm-hmm. uh, future shows uh, to, to get into, and we've got a lot more coming up in the next few days. Cool. Hi. I was in uh, Stand Against Evil, which is the horror comedy on IFC. Um, John, which films in Georgia. It does. films in Georgia, so it's got that Atlanta recognition. recognition <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was uh, John C. McGinley, who I love from Scrubs, so that was a really awesome time to get to interview him. And then also Janet Varney was there, and the, uh, the creator, Dana Gould. So 
I got to talk to all of them, and so hopefully we'll hear it later on. And, and while I did not talk to them, I went to their panel, and the, we were on the floor laughing. It was such a great panel. It was so much fun. To They were telling some great stories. Uh, they told a bunch of stories about uh, snake handlers that uh, needed to be on the set, and they would the snake handlers uh, go and basically get out some of the snakes, but not all the snakes, and they're like, why aren't you getting all the snakes out? <laughs> it's a valid concern. Yes. Yeah. You, got, so. you gotta, gotta have the horror be real. That's gotta be true. really scared. <laughs> the actors are really convincing. It's for real acting. <laughs> for real. Um, well, we're going to um, change things up a little bit because we are all exhausted and we all have to be up super early tomorrow and yours truly has to edit this podcast. So um, all of these factors. Uh, we're going to skip our box office uh, report this week and go straight into our film review, which will be of Dunkirk. Um, which we dun, dun, dun. Nicely done. Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, sir. Well, oh, man. You're still really on tired. It. He's coming up Woo! with that stuff. I know. Hey. I know. I think, that's, I think that shows that he's that's, still awake because he's yeah. coming up with that stuff. Um, so, yeah, let's let's jump into it. Um, which one of you guys want to give a recap of the film or summary of the film? I, it's just basically, it was a, it's a true event that happened during World War II. Basically, uh, Germany has... Uh, has uh, Push the Allied forces into just this very narrow area in France, um, and um, basically they're trying to figure out a way to get as many troops out as possible. Um, the story is told basically through three things: air, land, and water. Uh, the air is uh, um, is a the battle uh, in the air between the Luftwaffe and the RAF. Um, and basically, the Luftwaffe has been assigned to to kill as many uh, Allied soldiers as they can. Um, the land is there's a couple of soldiers that are trying to escape um, from this, and they're basically trying every method possible, and they keep on coming back to land. And then finally, water. Um, a vast armada was actually assembled, and all these small boats from England came across 26 miles to save, to try to save the soldiers that were on the beach. And uh, it's a father and son and a friend of the son um, that are in this small boat and they're basically having to, to navigate these 26 miles and having to make some very critical decisions along the way. And it's basically trying to see if how many soldiers they can rescue or if they can rescue anybody or will Britain's, uh, especially Britain, and then also France's armies, will they be just be destroyed in this one area? And that's the movie. All right, so let's jump into our official Atlas review. Um, boredom factor, one to five. How bored were you during Dunkirk? I'd give it a one. I wasn't bored at all. I mean, this movie is intense. It's a war drama, and it's, it's Christopher Nolan, so you know it's going to be good. Um... What really sells the film, though, is its score. Yeah. Um, there's this constant ticking of a pocket watch throughout this that's incorporated into the score. And, like, you know, it speeds up, it slows down. I mean, it's just, it really plays into the intensity of this war and just how brutal it is. And, and there, there's a good deal of this film that doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Um, and so the score really is 
very important to this movie, and it just brilliantly creates tension and creates um, this this sense of urgency. Um, and Hans Zimmer is the guy that did the score. Um, it's just an amazing score, and it m- just melts perfectly with the film. Um, I wasn't bur- bored at all, not not one bit. Yeah, same here. I, I know at the end of it, I was like, that's the most stressful movie experience I've ever <laughs> had. Um, because the score was, like, it was just this sense of anxiety throughout the entire film, and you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and it's and the anxiety starts for almost the first first, frame of the film i mean it's just an amazing um amazing uh (laughs) amazing thing quick quick note for our guests (laughs) please turn your phones on silence (laughs) if you're playing pokemon go are you not entertained we were checking our email. Thank you very uh-huh. much. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> to make sure we didn't have any extra custom surprises. Yeah. Any, anyway, so... Skeptical. So where were we? Where were we? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Back. <laughs> so, yeah, it just uh, it was no boredom factor at all. Really, yeah, it's yeah. just an incredible, suspenseful, um, and literally, you, you might need a drink after this film because it just, it's just, your nerves are frayed after watching this film. And it was actually a pretty short film for, for what for, especially I expected. For Christopher Nolan, yeah. yeah, it's 142 minutes. Yeah, it's 142. So it's under two, or no, it's over two hours. No, it's, no, it's not. Yeah. No. Near one hour, 42 it's minutes. It's one hour, 42 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah it's, minutes. it's, so, un- yeah, it's, it's way under, under two, two hours. hours so. I expected it to be like two hours, 20 minutes. Yep. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's, but you know what? It Because of the stress level, I don't think you could have done a two yeah, hour and 20 minute movie. There's been. no way you would have, you would have. And, and there's not a lot of comic relief in this movie either. It, the tension just keeps building. Yeah, no, there's, there's a, there is no comic. I don't think there was there a joke. Yeah, there's a couple. I, I mean, there's there a couple a little jokes between the soldiers and stuff. And I think the the father and son joke around a little bit. But yeah, this this is just a tension filled movie from start to finish. Um, so our next one would be eye rolling on a scale of one to five. Uh, what? How, how much were you rolling your eyes? I wasn't wasn't rolling my eyes at all. Yeah, um, this is a incredibly well done film, and the script is just really really taut, and there's nothing in there to to roll your eyes at. Yeah, I mean, it's there's really no eye rolling. I mean, there is some confusion, I will say, in how Nolan frames the story, because like as Mike said, it's three land, sea, and air kind of thing. But um, so the the land part takes place. The time frame is a week, and then the the sea the what is it the sea the sea part is a day, and then the air part is an hour. So each story takes place across that time frame, and they sometimes intersect. So you'll see different parts of the same scene at different moments in this from the film at different times so it can be a little confusing i think if you know that going in yeah though, that's um if you don't it, know that it going took in, me a, a minute to figure out yeah because yeah, there's there's too. some me there's too. some very dramatic scenes that take place at night and the other two um the the air and the sea are not at night they're just during the daytime so yeah. that gets a little confusing yeah and it it tells you like there are subtitles there are titles at the beginning that say okay land one week yeah. but you're like why is it doing yeah this? I, when and i first said that i was like oh okay and then i was like wait and so like it kind of leaves you to figure out how it's all put together all right 
But it all does connect. At but the it all, yeah, it all fits well. Um, so best and worst performance. I feel like this is hard to do because there's not, like, it's a very much an ensemble cast. There's not, like, a lead to it. No. Um, so how would you guys? Yeah, and it's, that's hard also because, like, Tom Hardy's part, um, <laughs> he's flying this plane. And for most of the time, he's got a, um, he's got a communication device over his, his mouth. So you don't see him talking and you don't see a lot of his expressions only through his eyes and even then it's hard to see because a lot of times he has goggles on also um so it's kind of hard in this in this instance to see his performance um it's bane on a plane <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is a little bit well it is put. a little bit well put um well i i i'd give the best performance to um cillian murphy i thought he plays a a soldier who gets stranded, his ship is blown up. You don't see it happen, but you see him stranded on his sh- on the remains of his ship, and he gets rescued by the the father and son. And basically, you know, he's suffering from PTSD, and he's just breaking down. And they're still headed to Dunkirk to pick up more soldiers, and he's like, "We got to turn around and stuff." And you know, I thought his character was really well done. So I would give it to him, personally. I, I can't really pick out anybody overall because um, it really is an ensemble cast. Um, there there wasn't anybody that really stood out, but there also wasn't anybody that was. There wasn't anybody yeah. that was. There was there no were, bad performance. There's no bad performance in this film. I mean, really, isn't um, even some very small parts are very even, well done. Even Harry Styles was surprisingly. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I didn't even know that he... I remember when it first was announced that he was going to be a part of this, and I was like, wait, yeah. isn't that that New Direction kid? One Direction. Um, One Direction. direction. <laughs> See? New Direction. Yeah, this is how hip I am. Be careful, yeah. Emma. You don't want to anger the One Direction fans, because they will One jump direction on you. Fans. It is late, and I am tired. No, they were... Like, <laughs> apparently, they were camping out outside of screenings for, like, like press screenings in New York and L.A., hmm. asking press who had just seen the movie was like does harry styles die does his character <laughs> die we gotta know it, and it's a it's a, it's a well it's an ensemble piece it's a, that's a his part's a pretty meaty part yeah it's not yeah. A, it's not a throwaway part this he is did a, a good job i mean he's got to do some fairly major acting in it so he's got to do some little heavy lifting um so obviously no atlanta recognition after <laughs> no yeah I'm since not. a lot of it was filmed actually in dunkirk yeah um so not dunwoody not no, Dunwoody. not Dunwoody. Not no. confused with Dunwoody. No, it's not shot in Dunwoody. Um, so, so nothing there. So overall, one to five on the official Atlas scale. What would you give Dunkirk? I'm giving it an Atla with a little, little s, little s at, at the end. Uh, I wonder if Jakai still listens to our podcast and just shakes his head every time we we do this. We got to get more specific. <laughs> I do. I'm I'm, gi- I'm giving it an Atlas, and I'm giving it in capital letters. Ooh. Ooh, that breaks our branding, but okay. <laughs> ATL, capital ATL, little AS. Um, I, w- I would give it an outlet, too. I think it was it was a really great, solid film, but I don't know if I'm giving it a full atlas. It's like... It's, it's good. It's really good. It's really good. All right, on my, on my scale from last one to leave the theater, I would pay to see it again. So... And I'm thinking about paying to see it again. All right. There we go. Uh, by the way, um, over 75% of this movie was shot on IMAX cameras. So 
don't wait to, to see it on a TV or on a computer screen. Go to the theater and see it on big screen. See it on as big a screen as you can see it in IMAX or RPX. Um, 70 millimeter. And, and a lot of places, a lot of places are actually showing it in 70 millimeter. Um, and I highly recommend it because um, it's so well done. And the the action sequences are really, really well done. Um, that the the the, um, the dogfights are just amazing. Um, some of the best dogfights I've seen in a long time. Cool. Um, well, we're going to have a ton of stuff for you guys next week. Um, we and do, probably the week after and the week well, after. months to come. Yeah. Um, we'll have a surprise Comic-Con interview next week, and we'll also be um, diving into a few more of the things that happened here this week, including um, we're doing Midnight Texas, the activation for that tomorrow, um, and then a bunch more press rooms, and then um, some parties on some Saturday parties. night that we'll we'll talk about. If, if some of us remember them. <laughs> some, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking, at, I'm looking at you, Matt. <laughs> they're not Friday night. They're Saturday night. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll have fun, um, and we'll we'll talk about all of that next week. And um, I guess our next we have a screening next. We have Atomic Blonde. Yes, next we have week. Atomic Blonde next week. Yeah. Um, so we'll, and which um, I saw at South by. I won't say too much. Um, just uh, Charlize Theron is amazing and she did over 95 percent of her own stunts in this film and if you do live in atlanta and would like to see it at the same time we're seeing it next week fanbolt.com is giving out passes currently um through sunday night um to see the film so um go find that on the site and sign up to win passes to the screening and i think that's pretty much it we got anything else to tease no you were gonna you were gonna do another interview with um, the the cast that you've been interviewing, uh, oh, Midnight well, Texas, but you're gonna do it later on. Yeah, we're gonna do that one later on. I'm trying to minimize my my editing time for this <laughs> podcast because I am exhausted, you guys. Um, but yeah, until next time, we've got to be up super early. So thank you to everyone for recording tonight and to, to our special guest host. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Um, thank you guys for listening. Again, this is Emma Loggins with Fanbolt.com. I'm Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with Last One to Leave Theater.com and ATLCW.TV. And our guest host? Oh, uh, Jen Steele <laughs> with Fanbolt.com. Robert Prentice, managing editor, 3F by Space. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Where's the booze? What? One of us. One of us needs to go to the bar. No, one of us doesn't need to go. One of us probably shouldn't go to the bar. All right. Bye, guys. Nice job.